Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts and nothing talk about everything. On this episode, we're going to be discussing YouTube rabbit holes and movie fan theories, those long and winding roads of lost time that we all find ourselves traveling. Now, fair warning, I get in the bad habit on this episode of saying conspiracy theories when what I really mean is fan theory, and I know what I did, so please forgive me. Well, with that, let's take a trip down some rabbit holes with two random men. I got a hell of a rabbit hole to go down today with you, brother. Oh, really? Yes, you enjoy YouTube videos, don't you? Uh, who doesn't? I'm kind of an addict on them, all day long. <laughs> yeah. I hate when you get the little screen pop-ups that shows you how much time that you've spent, like the past week versus this week. Oh, scary. It's it's not, never, yeah, it's bad. It's like being told that you had too many beers every week. <laughs> okay. By your phone. But, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't have enough people telling me. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so recently, wrap your mind around this. Female, belly dancers, to metal music. Don't ask me why it popped up in my things you might enjoy. So. What are you looking at, What dude? is my fo- I Everything. Every single thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, it's fucking hypnotizing, man. I was like, what is this? And I clicked on it, and I was like halfway through going, oh. I sent it to Brad, and it, it was like 15 minutes later, he just sends me back a, the smiley face emoji, and it's just like, that is the best thing I've ever seen. Okay, okay, elaborate. Yeah, elaborate. Okay, so there's one, like, the one that keeps popping up that is phenomenal. I can't, She's from somewhere in Europe, one of those countries, but it's Diana Bassett, and it is interesting. It's just darn interesting. It's really cool. I highly recommend looking it up. Okay. Uh, it's, it's to metal music. Can you even start to get that picture in your head? I'm I'm thinking about like a lot of the belly dancers. How? I want to know how. Uh, You're going to see when we finish this show. Uh, I'm going to show you one. And then you'll be like, I got a new thing. (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, another thing I didn't know I needed. Another thing I didn't know I needed in my life. Oh, great. Heavy metal belly dancing. Um, Okay. It's the coolest thing. But yeah, like that, that slip and slide of... Saturday night and you're sitting there watching YouTube and next thing you know you're four hours in and you've looked at a hundred different things went down the rabbit hole he went down the rabbit hole mm, I think that should mm, be today's theme is mm, down the rabbit down hole. down the rabbit hole all right all oh right. man yeah that's you know most of the time it would you just used to be listening to music by myself after everybody went to bed and you get like I don't know 20, 30 songs in of just artists that you forgot that you liked, but it kind of links up to, oh, you might enjoy this, you might enjoy this. And before, you know, you started off on like uh, ACDC, and then you're listening to George Strait by yourself crying at one in the morning. It's like, <laughs> I crossed my heart. And I think we've all done that. We sit there and and you think to yourself like, okay, I'm going to start off with this, and I'll be done in a few minutes or whatever. And next thing you know, three hours later, of course, you're probably pissed drunk mm, you know, or whatever. Whatever works for you, but uh, you're sitting there, and then you go, how did I get here? I wonder that a lot. <laughs> Too often. It's not like on a Tuesday. So what kind of stuff are you into, man? I just gave up my dirty little secrets. Uh, well, uh, as far as the rabbit hole things, of course, we're sitting here. It's around Christmas time. Um, man, one of the ones that always just cracked me up, and it, it made sense, but it still just cracked me up, was all the Home Alone rabbit hole theories. 
Conspiracy theories? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Okay, you're sitting here talking about like a classic Christmas movie, you know, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be wholesome and, and, and all that stuff and family-oriented. <laughs> it's an extremely violent movie. Yeah. It's, if you really think about it, it's extremely violent. Oh, I mean, really only the last probably 30 minutes, though. But, okay, so one of the ones that uh, I had read What's one your time, favorite? Well, I'll get to my favorite in a second. Oh, okay. One of the, one of the first ones uh, was that Kevin's dad actually hated Kevin. No. And worked for like the, maybe the mafia or had a failing business. I think he was a, a lawyer or a doctor. Did they ever say what he did? I think, uh, I can't remember. But anyway. There's uh, a way you could look up what the McAllister's house would have cost yeah, in 1991 to, or whenever it came up. out. But might have to look that up okay, in a second. Go but, for your theory. I'm going to look it up. I mean, how, how, how else are you going to uh, pay for a family of yeah, many of them to go to Paris? Oh, wasn't there like 12 or something? Yeah. Yeah, when she's doing the head Eight count. Eight or 12 people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then it's like, how did you afford that? Anyway, so the, the theory on that is that Kevin's dad uh, either worked like with the mafia or uh, had like failing business or whatever it was, and he hated Kevin. And so he set up the wet bandits to actually come steal everything from the house and kill Kevin. Dark. Very dark. Oh. And that's why in the whole movie... Like, the dad just doesn't seem like he cares. He's like, ah, well, well. He well. doesn't seem like he cares, does he? At all. No, you're totally right about that. The whole time they're on the plane and stuff, she's like, I'm sure he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. he's like, he's like, oh, no, do we have to go back right now? He's like nah. eight years old, and the dad's just like, when we get to Paris, we'll call. We'll call. Somebody can go take care of it. Any sure normal parent okay. would be freaking out. I lose my kid for 30 seconds in my house, and I'm freaking out. Not Papa McAllister. Yeah. He's got it all together. If it's quiet in my house for 30 seconds, I go, where's my kid? What is going on? Oh, shit. (laughs) No, you're totally right. So now to to leave a country with my kid behind. By the way, the house was 2.4 million. So, okay. And then a lot of kids. That's not a single couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 2.4 million for the McAllister. There is definitely, definitely some, something going on there. Something going on there. Okay, what's your number two? Uh, so the number two one was that it was like a callback to the Ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, uh, Christmas future. Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol. And that the old man next door who had the issues with his family, you know, he the said... The snow shovel killer? Yeah, the snow shovel killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that he was actually the ghost of future of Kevin. Christmas, yeah, Christmas future. He's Christmas future because he had wished his family away. Mm-hmm. And so he never As had one that, does. Never had that whole thing with like the family thing growing up with a family environment. And so then when he had his own family That sucker needed a dragon ball real quick. <laughs> yeah. I wish my family re- back. Yeah, re wish. Re wish. And so that then when he got his own family, he didn't know how to deal with it. So that's why he ended up <laughs> he had driving no social skills with the family. Yeah, like, he had no family social I just, skills. I drove my boy away. Which is a thing. Told him I didn't like him. And so then he ended up driving his son's family away, and that's why he was all alone. And so the old man was there to show Kevin, like, oh, no, dude, you need to figure this out and change this because otherwise we're never going to be happy. We're never going to have a family. That's two dark theories about Home Alone. Is the third one a happy one? No, the third one's the worst. No. (laughs) Well, of course it has to be. So the third one is the the worst. The third theory. Oh, hell. You think about Kevin, 
He kind of has this, you know, he's a kid, but he still kind of has a little bit of violent nature. Think about it. He gets mad whenever his, you know, brother tells him there's no pizza left. He says, oh, I hate my family. I wish you away. He obviously sets up all None these. None of this th- sounds violent. Sets up, but then he sets up, like, all these booby traps. He shoved Buzz because Buzz was an asshole. That's true. Buzz was totally an asshole. For sure. And his girlfriend, Wolf. But then the. the... <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to fly right by you. But then. So he goes and sets all these traps. Well, she's just defending his home at this point. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, he's, he's trying to do what he it's can as a kid. The castle but, law. So the whole idea violence. is that Kevin eventually grows up to be Jigsaw from the Saw movies. I've heard this. I forgot that I heard this. And it sounds insane and impossible until nope. you really start thinking about, like, I love oh my it. gosh. That's, that's exactly, like, how... Um, isn't that how serial killers start, kind of, sort of? I thought it was with the little animals. Okay, yeah, little animals. But, I mean, you, you think... It could be the wet bandits. Yeah. <laughs> the wet bandits are the little animals. I set them on fire. <laughs> I hit them with an iron in the face. I stabbed one in the foot with a... Yeah. Okay, okay. I like the saw theory, man. Yeah, and I so... Re- I read that a while. I remember hearing that now that you say it. Yeah, and so then, so yeah, later on, he grows up and becomes Jigsaw. That's the one I'm going with every Christmas from That's... now on. That's way better. Have you ever... There was one that was uh, pitting Kevin McAllister against the Predator, but Kevin gets three days of prep time? Yeah, because Arnie... ever Did you ever see that? I didn't, but that makes sense because, I mean, Arnie only had a couple hours to Maybe. set up some traps. And some bamboo. Kevin's got a whole house full of stuff. <laughs> predator ain't never hunted anything like that. I think the Predator wouldn't make it five <laughs> feet in that house before he just went nope and just noped right on out. Yeah, there might have to be some some different. Okay, does does Kevin have any knowledge of who's coming in? I would say yes. With his recon, yes. The predator scoped out the house. Kevin saw him. Even the invisibility thing, but I mean, it's Kevin. It's a kid. They pay more attention to that boogeyman, things under the bed. You know, every true, true every movie you see like that, the kids like there's something outside in the tree. There's something under my bed. There's something in the closet. The parents never believe him. If he was like, there's an invisible alien with glowing eyes sitting outside every night, scoping us out, and they'd be like, shut up, Kevin, go to bed. So he knows. He knows. First off, he knows it's invisible. That gives him a leg up. Predator doesn't know that Kevin knows. True. He just sees, oh, here's this small child of a creature. Oh. Yeah. But would the but would the, the predator pre- even attack him if he wasn't a threat? Yeah. Maybe. Did the predator watch Home Alone? The predator saw what went down. Okay. New theory. Predator saw what went down with the wet bandits. Yeah. Saw Kevin was violent as hell. Family comes home. Predator kills the family, except for Kevin. Kevin becomes the old man that comes back from the future, Terminator style. Ah, uh, it? There's a lot of loose ends, but still, like, wait, that, that, that could be some very. Come on, <laughs> remake that shit. Wow. Mm-hmm. Home Alone, mm-hmm. Kevin versus Predator versus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's no reason that can't work. How much stuff? If does you remember, he... if I gave you, I don't know, thirty thousand dollars. And a predator suit doesn't come out of your thirty thousand dollar budget, and a the Super Eight camera and said, "Go make me Home Alone versus Predator." I bet you that shit would be tight. It def- definitely watchable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. want to check that one out for sure. Oh, it's a crossover too, and uh, Hollywood loves that. <laughs> Did we just roll Predator into the franchise? Yeah, it's like we've been wanting you know Predator versus Aliens Forever, or Predator versus Terminator, and that or, shit didn't work out too well. Or you know. Uh, what was the one? Uh, of course, we ADP? had. Well, we had Voorhees versus. Oh, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason, oh. which was uh, okay, but still, 
everybody said, man, it would have been a lot, a lot cooler if you would have dropped Ash. Rabbit holes. Yeah. We're going down a rabbit oh, hole. Oh, yeah, another one, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Imagine the just straightforwardness of Jason Voorhees with the zaniness of Freddy Krueger's thing. I but see then it. Ash, <laughs> just his just goofy. What, what, it was a comic. What did he? Well, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was uh, a comic but why, why can't we make that movie? I know Bruce Campbell would be on it. On it. Come on, man. You think Englewood would come back for it? I don't know. It'd be great. <laughs> it'd be awesome to see. Oh, I love the holidays. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, nobody talks to us at the Christmas table. Uh, yeah, because they're like, "Hey, how's it going, man?" I mean, dinner table. Does everybody have a Christmas table in their house? So you bring out the Christmas table. Well. Considering we still get set at the kids' table at 34 nope. and 38 years old. How old am I? <laughs> you don't even know. 37? Yeah. Yeah. I think. You didn't know how old I was until I said it. Don't it's lie. true. <laughs> oh, I see you as an everlasting 33, brother. And we're brothers. So we're told. <laughs> You're an everlasting gobstopper of a furry man. Just. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I want to be that. Why not? People will suck on you forever. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. We're not talking Wonka. We don't even need to go down that shit. Oh, dude. Oh. The conspiracy theories about mm. Wonka. Man. Yeah. Do, that, do we? I, I think no. you, you watch that movie and you go, I don't. I don't think this is really mm-hmm. how this is going to work. It's all in a the fever first place. dream, and Grandpa Joe is a piece of shit. Yeah, all it took was for them to go, hey, you're going to get some free stuff. And he goes, you know what? I think I can walk again. I can walk again. Fizzy lifting drink will get Grandpa Joe's ass off the couch. Yeah, a free golden ticket. Hey, you could go tour. A chocolate factory. Okay, all right, I can do it. But while your family was eating cabbage. Boiled cabbage. For however many years. Mom working how many jobs. Joe's like... And he should have Char- taken his mom. And Charlie's sitting there doing his you know paper routes and stuff like that, busting his butt. And how would Charlie too, man? He should have taken his mama. This, yeah, yeah, you're right. That was how? Why did he? That was that even? He should have been like, sit your ass down, Grandpa Joe. I'm taking mom. <laughs> no, she needs a vacation. This is her vacation. Why don't you go boil some cabbage? You lying ass hat. She should have waited till he got out of the bed and been like, you know what? Now the trip him. Bed. Guess what? <laughs> trip him. Yeah, trip okay. him. <laughs> Right into a boiling pot of cabbage. Man, this, this whole this whole episode's going dark. Wow. Whoa. Oh, this was supposed to be lighthearted, I think. But I guess, no. No, that's just not the way we're built. Shoot. Oh, oh. Yeah, but oh. Uh, all, these, all Sp- these theories, though. I mean, come on, man. They're, I mean, they're great. They're entertaining. No matter how many of them are actually true or there's any any kind of truth to them. They're amazing. There's- I love them. Pretty good with the, the Kevin McAllister one. I, I, I like the Home Alone stuff. Like, that to me, man... Yeah, actually, that's some cool thoughts. I like that. Have you? Uh, I've noticed that I've been watching a lot of Flight of the Concords, talking about rabbit hole stuff. I had Clark watching it, and then I realized like 30 seconds in, that was a bad idea. I thought, this will be funny. I hadn't watched this in a long time, and I don't remember it being <laughs> as dirty as it was. Did you ever get in on that? <laughs> no, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Oh, bro, it's right up your alley. I've heard lots of great things. Mm-hmm. We were musicians, so... You really get on board quick. We were musicians. We're retired. Uh, <laughs> never stop. You must say you can't retire when never you never forget. were. <laughs> never forget. Yeah. yeah, you don't retire. There when was you never a time forget. I was a mean guitar slinger. That was never true. Nope. No, but uh, so the, you know they moved to New York from New Zealand, and they're just trying to make their way, and they're getting like the shittiest little gigs. You got to get on board with it. The show is fantastic. I like that dry humor. Yeah, it's kind of like if you like Monty Python stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be right on board with it. 
pretty good. But yeah, don't let your eight year old watch it because I was like, oh no 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 no, I forgot that. Like I I don't know why I thought that it was on a different channel and they couldn't cuss and make sexual references and innuendos and stuff. Boy howdy, oh man, was gonna, I off? You're gonna have like all the uh, the hate, yeah, hate, hate mail. People come back and be like, oh, hate on me all the time. I don't oh, care. oh my gosh, you let your kid watch this? Like what is wrong? That's with you? not the worst thing she could. Have you Walking Dead? You know, like, you, you turn around and the eight-year-old, oh gosh, when she was probably five, I turned around and she's standing in the hallway just watching a scene where somebody gets ripped apart, and I'm like, <gasps> now take off running and do the whole, like, cover her eyes. By that time, the damage is done. True. It's done. True. True, yeah. It's uh, a lot of nights sitting in there uh, reading stories, like, we, with the lights on, going, we, oh, we try I to messed keep, up. We try to keep Jack away from up. seeing too much uh, stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm like, man... He's gonna see it at some point. And like I'm not saying anything like way outlandish, like, like don't dirty intentionally or show graphic, it to him. But, but yeah, 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 of course not. But there's a lot of times I'm like Accidents uh, happen. Heck, he well no, he'll you know, he'll be playing on, on his iPad or whatever and he'll get somehow get off of kids YouTube and he'll get onto the other YouTube. Uh-oh. And I'm like, Oh god, no. What was the time that you were sitting there and Clark was watching the Oh uh, yeah, the the animated was... thing with the Disney princess, and you were like, "What?" I the said, hell? "What is that?" Like something didn't sound right. I was in the kitchen cooking, yeah, and I hear somebody say something, and I'm like, "That that sounds questionable." And I go over there and look, and it was some video <clears throat> somebody had made with Barbies doing stuff, and I was like, "Oh Jesus!" I snatched up the iPad, and I was like, "Bad dad, I'm a bad father. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad." And so then it was just all straight kids YouTube on everything she watched. Yeah, yeah. She's locked out. Yep, exactly. That was mine. We had that one time that I caught him, and he was watching. His was something violent uh, that he definitely didn't need to see at five years old. I'd rather and, it be violence than... And I was like, okay, well, we're deleting this, and this is all you can watch. Actually, we went full full to a boogie, and we're like, no, there isn't, you're not going to watch anything. Like, we're going to pop <laughs> in. Uh, like, you're going to watch this show. Child, all this is a book. He's five. I can't read. They come highly recommended. <laughs> you could read it to him. <laughs> that you was quick. You could have sat down and watched Clark and uh, made sure she wasn't watching the weird stuff the whole time. Let's not judge. <laughs> okay. You're going to have it like your brothers should love each other. We're having like a dad off of who's hey. the worst dad for the content they let their kid consume. Hey, look, you have to parent in any way you can to get through it. Do your best. We can't. We have, uh-huh. This wasn't around when we were growing up. There's no playbook for us to go what's that like when the momo thing happened a couple years ago remember that and terrified yeah. kids well heck man okay i was checking under the bed for momo and what was sad was i used to do a voice in the car where i'd be like that's momo and stuff like that well then when she was little and she'd laugh at it because it was a funny voice you know and then that thing came out with that bird looking chick and terrified everybody and i like i would never let her see it never let her see it and she was curious about looking at it she's like wanted to look it up and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. And then somebody at school, I guess, how they snuck in a laptop in their backpack or something. Who knows what these kids run around with it these days. I think they have technology I don't even understand. I think they're called cell phones. Is it a cellular telephone? Yes, yeah, cellular telephone. Uh, I've heard of this contraption. Remember when we were kids, we had those brick Nokia things? Remember? When you was a kid, I had a beeper. Not as a child, but I had a beeper in high school. <laughs> it was were a you pager. Into the hospital to nine one one. Bobby's having a party. Yeah, it's like all right, man, go on our way over there. Like everybody, is that a beeper? Do you deal drugs, dude? I no, still, I still want a beeper now. Except for that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, he sells drugs. I'm like, no, I'm just I'm really the lazy. Drug dealers don't have beepers now, brother. And that I, I'm told I, I want someone to let me know that they need to get a hold of me, but I don't do it like right this second. So, oh yeah, I hate uh, cell phones. I'm gonna throw mine out the window. It's the worst. 
<laughs> it's the worst, but I'm addicted to it. All right, so let's try to get back to the original topic that we tried to stay on. Do you have any more of the kind of theories, rabbit holes, anything like that, that, that another one that you thought was really cool? Oh, man. One I really liked was that, uh, not even really liked, I, I think it's pretty obvious, but the child's is the thing at the end of John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, so that the monster, that that he is the monster. Yes. Yes, okay. When he's sitting there with McCready at the end and they're in the wreckage and all that stuff, it totally makes sense. I don't even know why it would be considered a theory. I mean, when he drinks from, remember, they made the Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Out of the whiskey bottles. And he hands it to Childs, uh, played by Keith David. And hey, a good um, name drop. Yeah, definitely a great name. So he hands the bottle to Keith David, and then he takes a swig of it, and doesn't even react to it. Drinks it like it's whiskey. When it's, I think I think it was gasoline in there. Gasoline or diesel. Yeah. One or the other. Doesn't even react to it. And the whole time when Kurt Russell's McCready is sitting there breathing. And, and you can see the exhaust. You know, not exhaust. <laughs> the, uh, the breath coming out of him. You know. You don't see anything coming out of Keith David. Like he's not mm. even breathing. Mm. So to me it's obvious you know and then he just sits there and he's like well let's just wait and see what happens yeah and wasn't there like a whole like theory that uh he actually had kept uh, one of the flamethrowers up underneath his jacket yes. or whatever yep yep that's the other big theory is that he has he's waiting to just blow him away he, i mean yeah. he's he's gone he's a goner anyway well but, i mean they're not, they're not going anywhere yeah. i mean but you definitely don't want to be assimilated <laughs> yeah but well, yeah, that whole theory of if, if nothing else, at, at the end of the day, I'm going to sacrifice, my, sacrifice myself to make sure that this doesn't get out. I remember being a little boy watching it. I'm probably not a little boy. I mean, but you know. Our parents were terrible. No, they weren't. <laughs> they let us watch things. We were terrible. We were the ones sneaking off watching stuff. And they're like, what are you watching? It's like, they never watched the thing, you know? Say, didn't we just talk about uh, the fact no, that we let our kids watch stuff and we come back and go, oh no, don't watch that. Uh, it seems to be a running theme, but yeah. So anyway, I was a mild-mannered tween <laughs> and uh yeah watching the thing and at the end i was just like that clicked with me i'm just go oh keith david is the thing at the end yeah mccready's not a fool hmm? i always really liked that one and then it became kind of this big like it was he wasn't he how could you think he wasn't how could you watch that movie at the very end and think that he wasn't the the monster well and you know i i know they did the 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 oh. sequel prequel thing and of course we're not the hugest film buffs but we tried to yeah, we've been stuff. around the block once or twice. And, uh, I mean, they they kind of hint, hinted at some of that a little bit uh, by just talking about, like, that hit again on you don't know whenever he does the earring That's thing. That's what makes it so she's scary. she's like, your earring was on the other side. That is what makes that movie so scary yeah, is yeah. that you don't, I mean, the blood test scene has to go down in cinema history as one of the most intense scenes that has ever been filmed. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the, the suspicion and the everybody is looking at each other in the room going like, it's it's a freak out. It's a total mind fuck. Yeah. So is, I, is what that whole scene I, is. And it's wonderful. And it has been recreated in so many movies. Not that exact blood test scene, but that same kind of like we're going one by one with each of you. One by one. Who's going to crack first? You know, it, uh, that scene in Inglorious Bastards, mm -hmm. it, it's not the same as far as like one by one. But when you know that that dude knows. Yeah. And just the suspense builds to a crescendo that is, you're on, I know on the edge of your seat, you know, it is used a lot, but you're sitting there watching that going, oh shit. Oh no, 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 no. It's about to go down. 
So really, this one isn't actually even a fan theory or a rabbit hole thing. This, like, this is really like, hey, this is I'd... probably legit. Just uh, They just left it out there for you to uh, figure out. I'd hate to say being smart enough to catch it, but because I'm definitely not smarter than the next guy. But uh, yeah, it seemed pretty obvious to me. So I don't know why that one's classified as a fan theory. I think John Carpenter shot it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you have the heated breath coming out of one character and not out of another and then he drinks the gasoline and mccready like he takes a drink but you you know he perched his lips and then he just and it's right after the drink is what he goes ah like he just sits back in total comfort of like gotcha i gotcha gotcha number i know what's going on now and yeah and then there's that whole thing about like you never really see him Drop the flamethrower, put out the flamethrower. So is it under his jacket, which would be terribly dangerous. Sounds stupid because you're about to be eaten by a giant alien. Hey, but you know, you know but, you've already gone through all this. and eh, It'll suck you up in him. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, if I burn him alive, okay, that's probably better than being absorbed. I really <laughs> like that one, though. I, was, I, I, I bring a lot of conversations back to the thing. Sometimes in places that it doesn't belong. <laughs> Just be out with people at like a business meeting and stuff, and you're like, so John Carpenter's the thing. And they're like, oh... What? what? And then nobody talks to you for the rest of the event. Yeah, there's a lot of times. Which is nice. There's a lot of times that were awkward. And, and yeah, sometimes sometimes being the awkward one in the group is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, awkward turtle wins the race. Awkward turtle wins the race, yes. Yeah. And then there's those ones like that, you know, have been around forever. The Pulp Fiction that Marcellus Wallace's soul is in the briefcase. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the whole thing that the one the devil... Whenever you trade your soul, uh, he comes in and he takes it from the back of your neck, which is exactly where Marcellus has the band-aid. Has the band-aid. Yep. And then when he opens up in the diner and he's like, show me what's in the briefcase. And he shows him, he's like, oh, it's beautiful. Man, I don't want to say that's where the kind of uh, the, the, the theories of film conspiracy started, you know. And like, I want to say that came from a quentin tarantino quote in an article or something like that but not he, he didn't say that he just kind of left it ambiguous somebody let asked him about that theory specifically and he was like kind of just smiled and winked and went you know it's whatever you want it to be dude and, and it's well, like oh and come he, on That's... And, and, and you know of course we're you know we're regular dudes we got regular jobs we do our stuff but to watch uh now we're random men yes we are the random men random men random men i said um, random men <laughs> And, uh, you know, like, those are the movies that I really love because you sit there and you think about this and they leave you thinking. And that's the, that's the cool thing mm-hmm. about it is, is, like, Tarantino, of course, to me, is one of the greatest. Um, but, like, any of those ones that leave it kind of open-ended yeah. is great. And so, like, I think a lot of the stuff, especially when we have these fan theories that sit back, like, uh, Chris Columbus is going to sit back and I'm sure he's heard people come to him. You up- think? About some of the like the hall, uh, some of the Home Alone uh, theories, and he's like, Me. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. I don't think there's any way that he would have been like, Yeah, he was saw <laughs> that would have been <laughs> if that happened and it became canon. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that would have been the most phenomenal thing ever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they sit back and they go, eh, Yeah, okay, man, believe he's whatever, totally jigsaw, whatever you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandy. In Greece. Oh, Sandy in Greece, yeah. Sandy in Greece that she really drowned at the beginning when they're, you know, summer loving. Yeah. Talks about her like she almost drowned or whatever. That the fan theory goes, for those of you that don't know it, that she really 
drowned at the beginning of Greece. This is some dark shit, man. We Why keep going. It? We keep going super Why dark. Are all the theories dark. I don't know. There's not a happy theory. Like if there is a happy theory, it's all that it was all in their imagination, <laughs> and it's like imaginations are wonderful. But no, the she she drowns at the beginning of Greece, and then in her dying moments, all of the events of Greece happen in her head, where she gets with Danny, and then ever she becomes cool, and then they fly away in a magic flying car. Yeah. So well, everybody says take bye. that. Yeah, everybody. Bye, everybody bye, has their Sandy. final goodbye to them Aww. as they're flying away. Damn, I didn't think about the final goodbye. You just brought a whole other spin on that. I've been hearing that theory for years, but okay, I buy it. How about Jack and Rose and Titanic, where they were like, "Hey, that she was so upset about having to marry uh, what's his name, Billy Zane." Yeah, Billy Zane. Oh, I love you, Billy Zane. I love you, um, Billy Zane. Anyway, my, fa- she was, she my was... favorite scene at Zoolander's was like, "You, li- you need to listen to your good friend Billy Zane." I don't know why that cracks me up, <laughs> that whole movie. That part where we're just like, you should listen to your good friend, Billy Zane. I'm like, yeah, you should listen hey, to your good friend, Billy Zane. Everybody Billy needs a Billy Zane on their shoulder just telling them this is, this is a bad idea, Derek. Billy Zane, if you're out there somewhere and if you he ever is. hear this, please, if you ever want to, we will gladly have you on, uh, on with us because we would just love to just pick your brain because you're awesome. But anyway, back to the theory. Demon Knight. Oh. No, no keep not, going. No, I, want, no, I want your theory. This, this might be, no. Oh. But Demon Knight was awesome. Maybe we'll do a whole Billy Zane episode. Okay. All right. Anyway, so back to the theory. Okay. Is that he was that uh, Rose was so distraught with everything that was going on that she manifested. Poor rich girl. She manifested this perfect guy and this you know this love affair that she's gonna have in this short period of time. And that's because he didn't sleep with the prostitutes. He just drew them exactly. And so then. When it's all said and done, you know, they're laying on the table that is easily big enough for both of them. And she's like, I love you, Jack. And it's like... I thought they disproved that in Mythbusters. There's an episode of Mythbusters where they do the tabletop seat or the, the Cheshire drawers. Could two of them survive? I think... I, I don't want to, like, misquote the episode, but I believe both of them could have. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, they, they could have survived on there. They could have. But it was her letting go... Of the whole thing, like okay, I got to move on. I've got to go and do what I got to do. But then, of course, she still ended up hiding. And do, do like you think? That. Do you think that you could pretty much form a skewed theory on almost everything cinema, or I guess even I don't know. I feel like novels are way more in depth, so it's hard to kind of form your own opinion on it. And with cinema, you know, it's very short most of the time. Now we're getting into where three-hour movies are the norm. But beforehand, you know, it was like Marvel they had University. 90 <laughs> minutes to give you this story. And it's like there's a whole lot left out up to your imagination to fill in the blanks. And you could kind of twist it. I mean, I guess that's kind of any art, painting, you know, sculpture. It's kind of how all you interpret it. But maybe that's kind of the new medium we live in with fan theories on movies and, and, and shows. It's like, no, I really think it's about this. And maybe, you really think it's about that. Maybe that's just a good way of doing, doing good art. It might be all art. I don't know. I mean, I mean, hey, you could listen to a song and I could listen to a song and we get two totally different emotions from that song. True. Very true. Very true. And maybe that's really what it is. It's not so much a, a fan theory. It's just a how you interpret it. And that means that it's something that is truly a good work is you can sit back and go, hey, I interpret it this way. You interpret it your way. Oh, man. We're you know what? I kind of just picked up from that. Like you don't. I don't think you would form a fan theory about something you didn't give a shit about. You know what? If it was just a flat, you watched a movie and it bored the hell out of you. You watched a movie and you said it was stupid. You're not going to become involved enough to go that deep into it. But 
you know, for everybody out there, think about this. You really only form opinions on things that you give a shit about as far as going in depth with them and thinking like we've been talking about this entire time yeah. about, about forming your own, like, I really think it means this. I really mm. think it means that. And it's a deeper meaning. And, oh, it, it goes a thousand different directions and the timeline is skewed and flux capacitors and all sorts of bullshit. Yeah. Seven, seven is a multiple. Of what was that? Oh, <laughs> shit. I said flux capacitor. What was the back to the future one? Wasn't there one? There was, there's a famous one. Uh, I can't recall so what it is, but there's one that's a back to the future. Uh, that theory. Doc Brown was so fed up with just being a failure at being a, and I might misquote this and I hope I don't, but that he was so tired of being a failure as far as an inventor that he finally came up with like this one last grand scheme that he was going to do it. As he fell off the toilet. And he wrote Marty in to basically go in and wipe him away from existence back in the Old West through their series of events. All three movies? Through all three like movies. It was all it a would, setup? It would finally get to the point to where Doc ended up in the Old West and he would get killed in the gunfight and just basically wipe him away from existence. You either die a hero <laughs> <laughs> or you live long enough to be the villain. I don't know why that's not the one I was thinking of, but did wow. you have another one? I I thought so, but yours is way more intriguing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody else way smarter than me has done it before. But like that was my thought was he was like setting up like okay because he always talks about you know in every episode he talks about how somehow he's failed somehow it never worked nothing he ever made ever he worked. was a loser that's he, why his best friend he, was a 17 year old high school he, student he lost his his family's fortune. Uh, by making uh, these inventions that never worked and all the stuff. And so finally he came up with the idea that I'm going to make one last attempt to make something great, but then in it, I'm going to make sure that I never exist. Whoa. Self-loathing Doc Brown. Yeah, yeah. Just wipe me from existence. Butterfly theory. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't know why I never heard that one. I, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure somebody else has done it. That was just one that I claim it. It's of. yours, man. Oh no, so, <laughs> no, a, I don't want to get a lawsuit. Theory. I don't want to get somebody else coming up to me and be like, "Oh no, I can't." You plagiarized this. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't want any of that. Kind of maybe stuff you happen, did. That was no. I, something I came up with. Can anybody? Could you be plagiarizing a theory, like a fan theory, in that kind of built upon the fan base man. that all comes up with it, and somebody's like, "I copyrighted that Doc Brown wanted to commit suicide." In 1890. In the future, we're going to get somebody that's going to come sit in there, and they're going to be like a uh, a liaison that's going to tell us, hey, yes. A guy no. in the chair? <laughs> yeah. A guy in the chair. We tell us when we're tell, just giving people bullshit information. Yeah. yeah when they which will be, like, be a lot. Probably. Probably a lot. Because wow. we are literally just taking off We're just spitballing. Yeah. No. I like this conversation. Hey, you know what? I like doing this kind of stuff with you, because it's it's two different perspectives, you know? Same thing. I, that I think one way, you think the other. We think similar, but at the same time, we come up with some stuff that's like, hey, you know what? Ah." And then the other one goes, well, you know what? That's good, but what about nah? It's like, oh, man, we just evolved. Never thought about no nah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I'm going to be the guy that gets the catchphrase of his his catchphrases. Okay. What about nah? What's your take on this one, (laughs) Mr. Man? I know you're not a Bond fan. Eh. Old school. Take it, leave it. You're Sean Connery kind of guy? Who isn't? Now, right? please tell me there's plenty of other people out there that feel the same way. Okay. Uh, talking fan theories that Bond is a code name handed down from agent to agent. And when you become 007, then you take on the mantle of James Bond. I always thought that. Mm-hmm. 
I always kind of felt that way. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't. My first Bond was Roger Moore just because Dad showed us those movies, you yeah, know? Our, our so life. that was my yeah. first one. And then yeah. once I understood who Bond was and burned through all those, Octopussy and uh, Moonraker and all those, then I went back and watched the Sean Connery ones, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, that dude is slick. Sean yeah. Connery was just the man's man, you know? That was like, I want to be but, I want to be that cat. You know, nobody can play that that part forever. I mean, He's, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong, like, there's a lot of actors that have done it. And that I think have been have done a, a phenomenal George job. George Lazenby, been... I believe, only did one. I think it was Honor Majesty's Secret Service, maybe. Don't get me lying, but uh, yeah, but yeah, George Lazenby, who was slick, but I mean, Sean Connery, creme de la creme. He's the yeah. t- top. Roger Moore was more of the when it started to get into goofy spy thrillers, but I still liked Roger Moore. Timothy Dalton was when they tried to do what Nolan did with The Dark Knight. They yeah. tried to do that with Timothy Dalton where it went real serious. And that was like some dire situations. Everything was serious beats. He still had his one-liners and stuff, but they were very serious. And at the time, nobody was really ready for that because they had just come off of Roger Moore. Yeah. And so then we go into Pierce Brosnan, who Goldeneye, staple yeah, of our no. childhood, just because 64, you know I mean? Yeah. Goldeneye was every, everybody's house <laughs> you went to. 64. All the boys were playing. And the girls were just rocking Goldeneye. You couldn't... Kitties, for those out you listening, there used to be a time where to get a video game, if you didn't buy it, you had to go to a video store and rent it. And <laughs> what, what are we thinking? Ninety five. And there wasn't any online gaming for home consoles, so no. you had to play. You had to get a cartridge. Yeah, a you, cartridge was the thing you put in, and you sat down in your living room and, and played it. And there were some other times where you could do different things but the n64 was one of the first ones where you could play multi-player four players i believe at a time right yeah four at a time yeah and goldeneye was the shit oh yeah the shit you could not get your hands on it anyway we'll have to have a video game episode today is not that day we'll probably do multiple today is not that day but so then you move into the pierce brosnan era and started off strong man started off real strong by the end, it got real wonky. There were some goofy things happening. Parasailing, or not parasailing, but when he was wind sailing on the tidal wave that was caused by the explosion, and they had the BMW that could disappear and all that, and it's like, oh, they went too buddy into the gadgets. Jumped the shark. Jumped completely. And it, I kind of consider that to be the Batman and Robin of the Bond <laughs> franchise. I love how we're two no names uh, hashing out and, and bad mouthing. I have a name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so then circle back around to Daniel Craig, who I like. You didn't. At I love Daniel Craig. First. I just wasn't a big fan of him as Bond. I, I love a lot of his other movies. He's a heck, heck of an actor. Um, just I just didn't see him as my Bond choice, but you know, hey, he's he's done a good job doing it. it oh hell yeah, I think he's done fantastic. I like I, Skyfall. To me, is one of the best, if not the best, Bond movie. And I say that, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate because there's been a lot of good ones. Goldfinger. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. And, and Skyfall. Back to originally what we were talking about. Skyfall is where that whole theory falls apart about Bond being a moniker that's yeah. taken over is because they go back to the ranch and you find out that it's his ancestral ranch in Scotland. But I still kind of, I like to hold to that old trope that I believed for so long. So I'm like, well, what if it was always the Bond Ranch where they went to become Bond? 
Like, I know they talk about Daniel Craig growing up there and stuff, but, but what, what he, if... He grew up there training, learning. That was... You don't know that it wasn't Sean Connery's Bond that trained him and was his dad. Yeah. And then he just so happened to loop into being Bond because he was his dad was Bond. That's what I like to believe. And I know that's not canon, but same thing with interpretation. I see it one way, you see it another way. I like to think that. Oh, I still like to think it's a moniker passed down. I agree. I, I kind of like that whole idea because it's like the, the whole idea that Bond is going to live forever. Because it is. I mean, he's, he, I mean, Dad Gum, look at how long this has lasted. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. Bond has been around mm-hmm. forever. Forever. And so, yeah, so I want to hope that, that Bond is going to live on forever. And hey, I don't need to necessarily to be uh, one person or another. They want to change it. Change it. But I know there's a lot of talk like going female Bond. Okay, cool. Great. Do it. Do it. Do it. And do it right. Yeah. Show us what you can do. Cool. Oh, my gosh. Just, I mean, Bond, when you think what Bond is, what Bond does, there's no reason that it couldn't be a female Bond. Yeah. When you're talking super spy. Still, Idris Abba could have. Idris Abba would have been. Oh, yeah. Oh, my oh. gosh. That is a sexy dude. That is a sexy dude. I think Elba could do anything he wanted to do. Yeah. And so that's my big thing is I don't care who the actor is. Actor, actress. Weren't they know, talking whatever. about Cavill doing it for a minute? Uh, maybe. Uh, I know they were talking about Tom Hiddleston doing it for a minute, being Bond. Tom Hiddleston would be good. Which I think would be a good Bond. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He could, sure. play, he could go. He could slide right into that same tortured soul bond, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, where he has that uh, moral compass that's skewed. But I guess Cavill could, too. I mean, I watched The Witcher. Hey, Witcher yeah, I think Cavill could do anything he wants to do. Ah, yeah. That man is applied. <laughs> I want to know if the Witcher voice that he does in it is something that he can just naturally do if he had to work on it. Because I know every single female mm-hmm. that's ever watched The Witcher watches mm-hmm. it and goes, mm-hmm. And they're like, when he oh, growls, oh. <laughs> it's like when I do that, you ask if I have a, my knee hurts again or do I throw my back out? Mm. I'm cooking bacon in the kitchen. Just, What's wrong with you? What happened? Fuck. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah. did you yeah. stub your toe? <laughs> yeah. I got a naturally deep voice and I still can't do that. It sound good. No, doing I it. have a naturally high voice, so I have no <laughs> chance in hell at sounding cool with a growl. It's just like, mm. sound like Cookie Monster. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> so good. Yeah. She is for cookie. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, dear God, did we just put Cookie Monster and the word fuck in the same sentence? Oh. It has to be out there somewhere. Oh. Somewhere behind the scenes, there's some reels of Cookie Monster saying fuck. That's what I want to do is dive into some Sesame Street. No. Oh, come on. There's got to be some conspiracy theories. There's got to be some, like, rabbit holes. No. Yeah. People think... acid in the 60s or whatever. I get... It was out in the 60s. Hey, I you know what? It debuted in 69, something, I think. Something needs to be sacred. Let's leave Sesame Street Leave that alone. alone. Okay. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Same thing. Back to, back to the future. Leave it alone. I've heard they're talking about rebooting it. Please don't. Please don't do that. It is a perfect movie. There are a couple of perfect movies that have existed. I would say probably Jaws. 
I would consider to be a perfect movie. Spielberg would probably disagree with you, but <laughs> no, it, he worked hard at that, and you he know did. he did. No, I'm no, I'm saying like because he was like yeah, those, those miserable. Everybody was miserable. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, they talk about like everybody was like, oh, it's terrible. Robert Shaw drunk trying to do the Indianapolis scene. Oh, and then, hey, a real quick one. Uh, since we're on Jaws, uh, so isn't there a a whole thing where when he did that scene, he was stone sober, right? He was. But Robert Shaw was a drinker. And going back to Bond, remember he was a Bond villain. Him and Bond had the fight on the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, was that Goldfinger or was that a... No, it, was, um, it wasn't Goldfinger. It was Robert Shaw and Sean Connery were on the train and they had that great fight scene which has been kind of recreated many times in cinema as well. The scene where he does the Indianapolis speech, he wanted to be drinking when he did it. And everybody was like, okay, you know, he was actually the most senior actor on the set. So they let him do it multiple times until he was so trashed that he just couldn't do it. He came back the next day and apologized to Spielberg and said, okay, we'll do it sober. And that's the take they used. It was From Russia With Love. From Russia With Love. Oh, okay. From Russia With Love is considered to be the best James Bond movie. That's the one I was thinking of earlier when they say, like, Goldfinger. But From Russia With Love is considered to be the top echelon of James Bond films. Thank you. Thanks for looking that up. But, yeah, so that really happened with Robert Shaw where he was he delivered the Indianapolis speech sober, pretending to be drunk, even though he had filmed it drunk and it just didn't end well. I like that story, too. Yeah. The Indianapolis speech in Jaws, holy shit. If you want probably the best monologue of all time, and you know what? You got to give it up to Robert Shaw, but also whoever scored that film, the music in the background. And I also like the way that uh, to be in a scene, because, you know, I'm a great actor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right? Yes. What's Uh, your IMDb? What is my IMDb? (laughs) No, but if you watch, like, watch it. And watch Robert Shaw and then start the scene over and watch Richard Dreyfus in the background being totally silent and just acting with his eyes and his body language. That shit is cool. That shit is like, you should watch that. Yeah. People, if you're going to be acting with somebody in a scene and just being reactionary to just this haunting story, I love that scene. Love, love, love that scene. I will watch Jaws over and over and just when that scene comes up, I tell everybody to shut up in the room around me. I'm like, what? It's the Indianapolis speech. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, boy, I think we went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I think we went down a, down a couple, actually. We kind of got off of the conspiracy theory thing, but, you know, <laughs> you can only go so long in that before you start to sound like a kook. You know, I, I love the fact there's so It many... wouldn't even be conspiracy theories. Fan theories, we yeah. should say. It's yeah, fan, fan theories. theories. Yeah. Not conspiracy uh, theories, because this shit ain't real life. We're talking about film here. And I think it, it's so great, because that, like you said earlier, it, that shows that these movies... Uh, have meant so much to so many people that they've taken the time to rewatch them so many times to formulate these ideas or these thoughts, piece things together, start making connections with not only things that happened in that movie, but things that happened in other movies, other genres, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, man, like, wow. When you walk away from something long enough that it sticks in your head and you continue thinking about it and continue thinking about it and continue thinking about it and, Twisting it and contorting it and sending it off in different directions and bouncing it off of walls and going, well, maybe this was how that really happened. Yeah. That shows it's a, you cared about it. Yeah. And anybody that had any part of those movies should actually feel very, very honored 
that you've had this many people have come up with these ideas and these thoughts and these these different twisted ways and of course unfortunately most of them are dark but still you're sitting there going these people care about this so much i think that's that's where humans naturally go is to a dark place because it's the mystery you know yeah there's not a lot of mystery in the sunshine mysteries in the darkness true you know we will come back at some point with a happy go lucky fan theory at some point we got to find one. <laughs> There's got to be at least one up there. And right? the, the, the whole conversation will last 30 seconds before we go, you know what? I felt really good about that. <laughs> well, brother, thanks for going down a rabbit hole with me tonight. Hey, man. Yeah, th- uh, this was a good one. I enjoyed it. I guess we'll be back next week and uh, drop some more random shit on the people. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's what we're going to do. All right, brother. All right. For everybody out there listening, we'll catch you all next time. Mm-hmm.